my friends. Yesterday was a big day for American workers. I want to start with the worker victory at Amazon's giant warehouse on Staten Island and then move to yesterday's great jobs report and the real danger lying within it. First, the victory. America's wealthiest, most powerful, and fiercest anti-union corporation, with the second largest workforce in the nation, uh, union-busting Walmart being the largest, lost out to a group of warehouse workers who voted to form a union by a remarkable 2,654 to 2,131. Even more remarkably, the workers won without any assistance from an established union or professional organizer. If anyone had any doubts about Amazon's determination to prevent this from ever happening, the corporation's scorched-earth anti-union campaign in its Bessemer, Alabama warehouse should have put those doubts to rest. In New York, Amazon used every tool it had used in Bessemer, and then some. Many of its techniques are illegal under the National Labor Relations Act, hence the decision of the NLRB to hold another election in Bessemer. But Amazon couldn't care less. It's rich enough to pay any fine or bear any public relations hit. To put it bluntly, Amazon is one of America's worst employers. It treats its warehouse workers like dog dung. The company has repeatedly fired workers who speak out about unsafe working conditions or who even suggest that workers need a voice. The corporation doesn't mind a yearly turnover rate of warehouse workers exceeding 100% because those jobs are designed to induce burnout so workers don't stay and organize. As its corporate coffers bulge with profits, and its founder and executive chairman practices conspicuous consumption on the scale not seen since the robber barons of the late 19th century. Amazon has become the textbook exemplar of 21st century corporate capitalism run amok. Much of the credit for yesterday's victory goes to Christian Smalls. I have an interview clip out below whom Amazon fired in the spring of 2020 for speaking out about the firm's failure to protect its warehouse workers from COVID. Smalls refused to back down. He went back and organized a union. It was an extraordinary feat. Talk about David and Goliath. But Smalls had something else working in his favor, which brings me to yesterday's jobs report from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. The report showed that the economy continues to roar back to life from the COVID recession. With consumer demand soaring, employers are desperate to hire. This has bolstered the courage of workers, such as Amazon's warehouse workers on Staten Island and Starbucks baristas, to demand better pay and working conditions, even from the most virulently anti-union corporations in America. In short, American workers enjoy more bargaining clout now than they have had in decades. Hence, wages have climbed by 5.6% over the past year, according to yesterday's jobs report. Is this something to worry about? Not at all. 
American workers haven't had much of a raise in four decades. Most of the economy's gains have gone to the richest 10%, largely to the richest 1% of the richest 10%. It's about time average workers took home a piece of the pie. And besides, inflation is running so high that even the 5.6% wage gain over the past year is far less in terms of real purchasing power. But corporate America believes these wage gains are contributing to inflation. As the New York Times solemnly reported yesterday, the wage gains, quote, could heat up price increases at a time when the Federal Reserve is trying to cool them down, unquote. This is unadulterated rubbish, presumably coming directly from the corporate economist flax and lackeys. Unfortunately, Fed Chair Jerome Powell believes it. He worries that the, quote, labor market is extremely tight, as he said, and, quote, to an unhealthy level. As a result, the Fed is on the way to raising interest rates repeatedly in order to slow the economy and reduce the bargaining leverage of American workers. Now, pause here to consider this. The Commerce Department reported Wednesday that corporate profits are at a 70-year high. You read that right. Not since 1952 have corporations done as well as they are doing now. Last year, Amazon reported a net income of $33.36 billion, up from $21.3 billion in 2020. But it's not just Amazon. Across the board, American corporations are flush with cash. Although they're paying higher costs, including higher wages, they've still managed to increase their profits. They have enough pricing power to pass on those higher costs to consumers and add some more for themselves. So when American corporations are overflowing with money like this, why should anyone believe that wage gains will necessarily heat up price increases, as the Times blindly reports? In a healthy economy, corporations would not be passing on higher costs, including higher wages to their consumers. They'd be paying the higher wages out of their profits. But that's not happening. Corporations are using their record profits to buy back enormous amounts of their own stock in order to keep their share prices high. The labor market is not unhealthily tight, as Fed Chief Jerome Powell asserts. Corporations are unhealthily fat. Workers don't have too much power. Corporations do. So let's celebrate the extraordinary win of the workers of Amazon's Staten Island warehouse. But do so cautiously. Corporate America does not want to give up any of its record profits to its workers. If it can possibly fight off unions, it will. If it can't fight off unions directly, it will do so indirectly by blaming inflation on wage hikes. And then cheer on the Fed as the Fed slows the economy just enough to eliminate American workers' newly found bargaining clout.